Welcome to Tuning In. I'm your host, Catherine Peloso-Smith, and I'm here to talk all things intuitive wellness, natural nutrition, raising the vibe, and reconnecting to your truest self. I'm a practicing holistic nutritionist and spiritual life coach who has completely transformed from feeling ill and disconnected to now living the healthiest, most vibrant life I could have ever imagined. I truly believe that by tuning into your mind, body, and soul as your magical gateway, you too can achieve higher levels of wellness and start living your most nourished life. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, lovelies. Welcome to Tuning In. So happy to be here today. Always, always. Little life update. We are now on the Pacific coast of Costa Rica, which has been so great so far. It is freaking hot here. The pools where we are are like so warm. It's like you're stepping into bath water. It's like not refreshing at all. So uh, it's making the heat a little bit more difficult. Thank goodness we have some air conditioning in our unit where we're staying. So that has really, really helped. But holy moly, it is really hot here, but it's beautiful. It's lovely. And we're back to the sunsets, which I missed so much. It's like, there's something about the sunset. I don't know what it is, but it's just so beautiful in the sky and just makes you feel like you're part of something greater, right? It's, it's just so special. So anywho, (laughs) I've got a lot to talk to you guys about today. And I'm really excited because I'm going to provide you with some really key information today about stress and how to kind of manage that a little bit better when it comes to cortisol specifically. So stay tuned for that. That's what we're going to dive into in a minute. But before we do that, I I haven't even shared this on social media yet because I was trying to figure out how to say it in a way that would really land and it's too long for like an Instagram story. So I'm going to put it here and it was an insight that I had that I received from my five-year-old actually. So Theo is my son, he's five. So we were recently up in the mountains side of Costa Rica. We were on a little coffee farm and the family that owns the farm has a young boy who's also around five as well. And he had so many toys and he had all these bikes and they were two wheelers. And Theo immediately was drawn to them because obviously they looked so cool. And he really wanted to ride one. And I just a little kind of backstory. So because we've been traveling, I mean, we've been seeing bikes and things like that. And it's been a topic of conversation where, you know, as soon as we settle down somewhere or when we return to Canada, we will get him a bike and we'll help him learn how to ride a two-wheeler bike. And there was a little bit of hesitation in that conversation where he wants to, but he doesn't want to, you know, kind of going back and forth with the idea. He wants to have that freedom of being able to ride a bike, but also he's a little bit scared, right? And doing something that he's never done before, there's a bit of hesitation. So Fast forward to our experience in the mountains. He sees these bikes. We're like hanging out, playing outside. And all of a sudden, I just look over and he's riding the two-wheeler bike. 
<laughs> and my mind just went into so many different directions. I was so proud, first of all, that he just picked up this bike and is riding it. So happy. Also, he has done so many firsts on this trip. I can't even describe. He learned how to swim. He's learning a little bit of Spanish. He's riding a bike. He's, you know, doing all of these amazing, incredible things. And I just like had a light bulb moment in that moment that it's like riding a two-wheeler bike coming from a space of just getting on the bike and just trying, right? Just riding it, just get on the bike and go. It's such a huge life lesson that it's sometimes we just have to get out of our heads. Sometimes we just have to like let go of what might happen, you know, what we think could be a possibility, you know, whatever's holding us back, the fear. It's like, just get on the bike and see what happens. You might be able to just ride it. It's so incredible. And it's like, what if we just let go of the possibility that we might fail, right? Or the need to be perfect or, you know, all of these roadblocks that we might, might encounter. If we want to do it, just freaking do it, right? Drop the perfect timing, the perfect equipment, the perfect place, right? Like in my head, I was like, we have to have, you know, paved roads for him. We have to have a space that's no, not bumpy. It has to be all of these things. You have to have the perfect bike. That's the perfect size, all these things. And it's like, no, we were literally, he was riding this two wheel bike in the grass, in the bumpy, hilly mountainside. And like, it just is so crazy that sometimes success just comes from the willingness to take the risk in the first place. And sometimes that's all that we need. That's all that we have to do is having that confidence to just step out there and try. And our minds can just hold us back sometimes, right? It's that fear of failure or the fear of not looking good or the fear of not being good enough or doing it wrong. All of those things that can come into play. And it just holds us back from like, what if we just got on the bike? What if we just made that career shift? What if we just started moving our body? What if we just started eating healthier? What if we just, you know, hired that, that professional help, whatever that is, right? It's like, what if we just did it? What would happen? Like, we don't know the outcome, but there's two ways of it going, right? It's successful or not successful. And why not just step out there and potentially be successful. And it was just such a huge lesson for me because as a five-year-old too, it's like your subconscious mind that tells you you're going to be wrong or that you're not right or that you're going to fail. It's not fully developed at that age. So he doesn't have as many roadblocks as us adults do. And so watching his mind and just like, we were so proud of him and he's like, yeah, it's not a big deal. Cool. Yeah. And I mean, he was excited that he could ride the bike, but the roadblocks just aren't there for him at this point. And it's just, what if we could all just be that five-year-old child sometimes and get on the bike and, and ride and experience that magic that can possibly happen, right? What, what could possibly happen? Success, 
right? Sometimes we will succeed if we just try and see what happens. So that is my <laughs> little light bulb insight moment that I had from the past week of Theo riding a two-wheel bike. And I, it's just so interesting to me from like just human behavior. <laughs> it's just so cool. And I hope that you guys take this as a little bit of advice where it's like, okay, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to just try. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to, you know, do that thing that I've been afraid of doing for so long and just see what happens. So anyways, I hope you enjoyed that little, little insight piece. Let's dive into today's topic about cortisol <laughs> and stress. This is the other side of life where things, yeah, it's, it's hard out there. And I, I don't like the word hard because I had a coach explain that hard is like, you know, knocking on wood. Hard is hard. It's like a feeling. It's not like challenging. Challenging is a better word. Let's use that. So cortisol, cortisol is kind of like a buzzword where we use it as a blanket statement for like high stress. We have high cortisol in our bodies. It's like, yes, we do. We can, but cortisol is a hormone. It's our, it's a stress hormone and it, it fluctuates throughout the day. So we are supposed to have higher levels at some times in the day and lower levels at other times in the day. So cortisol in general, yes, it is something to look out for. It's very important when we are looking at stress and working to balance it in a way that's going to benefit us because cortisol isn't bad. It's there for a reason. And it's meant to, to help our bodies deal with stress. But we know the issue when we have prolonged periods of perceived stress and cortisol just doesn't, you know, balance out the way that we want it to. And when it comes to cortisol, it's very closely connected to people who are looking to manage their weight, lose weight and deal with how their body metabolizes nutrients and things like that to keep a nice balanced fat percent, all of that kind of stuff. So it's important for many reasons. So I want to dive into it today because cortisol specifically, there's a lot of things that we can do to create the proper balance in our bodies. So before we dive into how to do that, I want you to understand what cortisol is. What is the role of cortisol? Like what is it actually supposed to do in our body? So when we experience stress, now I'm not going to get too sciencey and get into all the details, but on a basic level, we are going to perceive some stress, okay? Whatever that looks like at this day and age, it doesn't matter if you are actually running from a bear or if you are, you know, you just had a busy day at work. <laughs> there are all types of stress. You could like stub your toe and your body could go into stress overload. It's all dependent on the person. And that's why I will say perceived stress because everybody's level of stress is different and how your body handles it or manages it is completely up to you. <laughs> yeah, so if you were experiencing stress, you will initially kind of deal with adrenaline, right? And that's kind of your initial fight or flight mode that will come into play. Now, approximately 15 minutes after this initial spike in adrenaline or this release of stress hormone, your body will start to release 
cortisol. And this is from your adrenal glands, which are located just above your kidneys, kind of on your backside. And what happens is your cortisol levels will start to rise and then they stay elevated for several hours. So this is something that not everybody knows. It's like when you are stressed, your stress hormones are heightened, not just for that short period of perceived stress, they are elevated for several hours. And the reason for this is cortisol, what it does is it mobilizes, so it gets glucose into your bloodstream. So it ushers it into the bloodstream and to your tissues and things like that so that you can utilize sugar, your glucose as fuel. So it's like, okay, we have to deal with this stress. We need as much energy as we possibly can get. Let's go. Let's get that sugar pumping into our bloodstream so that we can get out of there and deal with the stressor. Now, <laughs> what it also does, and this is really important to take note of too, is that it suppresses your non-vital organ systems. So what that looks like is non-vital organ systems are the ones that your body doesn't need when you're trying to deal with stress. So in that moment, you don't need, you know, focus on immune function, digestive function, or reproductive function, just to name a few. So those kind of get put on the back burner and your body just suppresses those functions. So just a side note to know that when you are stressed, your immune system, your digestive system and reproductive system is not functioning optimally in those moments. So when you're dealing with long periods of chronic perceived stress, those systems are super suppressed, not, not super fun, but it is what it is. And this is why I'm here to teach you and help you along the way too. So this cortisol in general is important. There's a reason we have this. It's to help us get away from the stress. But when this becomes an issue is when we start to experience these prolonged periods of perceived stress, and this is where it becomes chronic. So high levels of cortisol, what happens when we have these increased levels of cortisol? So what it does is it increases your metabolism. It increases hunger and cravings. It can shift your mood. It, like I said, suppresses your non-vital organ systems. It will disrupt your sleep cycles and all of these different things. So what happens when all of this is going on for a long period of time is that it can lead to weight management issues when it becomes chronic. So lots of people who have difficulty, you know, managing their weight will typically have higher levels of cortisol. It's just one of those things that tends to go hand in hand. Now, cortisol is a hormone and it's, I don't want to call it cyclical because it's not necessarily, but it ebbs and flows and it's supposed to be naturally highest in the morning to help you wake up just naturally. Like your cortisol is supposed to be higher in the morning so that you get up, start your day, you have that energy, you know, your metabolism is engaged, it's going and you're like hungry and ready to take on the day. And then it's supposed to, it should, quote, quote unquote here, it's supposed to, taper off as the day goes on. And just naturally, as you start to get ready for bed, your cortisol levels should be at their lowest. Now, it's also high under periods of intense exercise and 
stress. So yes, your, your cortisol levels are higher in the morning, but then also throughout the day, if you're experiencing stress or high intensity exercise or anything along those lines, then yes, you're also going to spike your cortisol levels. So again, the reason that this is an issue is because if you're experiencing this for long periods of time, your body gets stuck in this mode of overdoing metabolic functions and, you know, having these mood imbalances, your other non-vital organ systems are being suppressed. You have higher hunger and cravings. You're consuming more glucose and sugars, all of these things, your sleep cycles are disrupted. So you're having trouble sleeping. You might experience insomnia. You know, you might have at the end of the day, higher levels of cortisol. If you're experiencing long periods of stress and it's harder for you to fall asleep at night, all of these different things that are just creating resistance to weight management in your body. So this becomes an issue because it's going to lead to burnout eventually because your stress response is just maxed out over time. It's just pumping this cortisol. Cortisol doesn't know what to do with all this glucose in your bloodstream. So you start to store it as fat, not fun. And your nervous system gets overworked and your HPA axis, which is your hypothalamic uh, pituitary adrenal axis, which is part of how your adrenals are going to respond and release cortisol. They need support. This is where we need to provide the support to our nervous system, to our HPA axis, and really support how our body manages our stress response. Because we want to have that stress response, but if it's going chronically all the time, eventually it's going to burn out. And your body's going to say, yep, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I don't know what we're supposed to do with all this glucose, all these hunger and cravings, everything's out of whack. I'm not sleeping well. I'm not going through my proper cycles. You know, my non-vital organ systems are suppressed. So my, you know, menstrual cycles out of whack, my digestion's not happening the way it needs to be happening. All of these things, you know, you're getting sick all the time because your immune system's suppressed. Stress is the culprit. So how do we kind of work on dealing with these perceived types of stress? And one thing I will say too, is that you can get your cortisol levels tested. It can be very helpful to just see what's going on. You'll have to do specific testing where, you know, different times of the day, because obviously we want it higher in the morning and lower at night, that kind of thing. But there are some symptoms to, to just take into consideration that like, if you don't want to get tested, there are some, there's symptoms that are very obvious indicators of, of high cortisol. So if you have any of these, it's a good indication that there might be something to take a look at a little bit deeper. I'm not saying that if you have one of these, then you definitely have high cortisol, but it's a good marker. And I would suggest contacting, you know, somebody to work with to help you go through dealing with these symptoms. Okay. So I'm just going to list them off. Here we go. Weight gain, especially around the abdomen and the chest more specifically. This is where cortisol likes to deposit fat. High blood pressure, puffiness in the face, fatigue, sleepiness, obviously because you know your sleep cycles are being disrupted, 
difficulty waking up in the morning. So that's a good indication that cortisol is not higher in the morning. You're feeling like tired, but wired, you know, I've definitely been there. If you know what that feeling is like, you know what that feeling is like, where you're like so tired, but you just can't fall asleep or you wake up suddenly in the middle of the night, insomnia, not fun. Brain fog, food cravings, feelings of overwhelm, mood imbalances. So back and forth, anxiety, depression, higher irritability, all that kind of stuff. Digestive issues. So that's a big one too. Muscle tension, pain, the list could go on and on. So lowering your cortisol levels requires lowering and managing stress. That's it. That is, it's that freaking simple. But <laughs> we know that lowering stress, it's not as simple <laughs> as it looks on paper, right? It's like, I can just sit here and tell you if you want to lower your cortisol levels, you need to manage and lower your stress. But it's like, okay, I get that, but how do I actually do that? How do I actually put that into practice? How do I actually deal with my stressors and allow my body to learn how to deal with them in a more manageable way? So I've put together a list of things to help support you along this journey of stress management, but also more specifically for cortisol levels and how to rebalance them. So there's so many different things that you can do. We know how to manage our stress. We know what we need to do. It's just doing it, right? It's just actually putting it into practice. So here are some of my favorite things to really help kind of rebalance cortisol levels, but also support your stress response. And I mean, I can do a whole other podcast on supporting the nervous system and what that looks like too. And if you haven't listened yet, or if you haven't heard, I actually, this is coming out the same day that I'm having a free training on beating burnout. And that dives into really how to support your nervous system. So if that's something you're interested in learning about or listening to, if you're catching this in time, sign up for that. The link will be in the show notes. If you do not have the chance to sign up right now, definitely reach out and I can probably send you the, uh, the recording of it so that you don't miss out because it is fire, fire, fire. It's going to have so much information and tips to how to support your stress and to help deal with burnout more importantly. But also if you're not experiencing burnout yet, but you're like on the verge or you're dealing with chronic stress, there's so many things you can do to prevent yourself from getting to the burnout point. And there's a big difference between chronic stress and burnout. I'm telling you, burnout is a lot harder to come back from, to recover from. It's possible. It is so definitely possible, but it's, it's tough for sure. I've been there and I know what it's like. So, okay, here are some things you can do to support rebalancing of your cortisol levels. So number one is trying to balance your blood sugar. So because cortisol is ushering glucose into your bloodstream, we need to kind of deal with that and help our bodies manage that a little bit better. So we can balance our blood sugar by one of the best ways is eating three square meals. Okay. So stop grazing all day long. That can help balance a little bit, but those snacks that you're having are not necessarily going to be balanced well enough 
to provide that support. And when we are stressed, we need those breaks in between so that our body can rest and digest, especially when your digestive system is suppressed, needs all the help that it can get. So we don't wanna be eating constantly, forcing our body to digest when it's not even able to do so. So instead, we wanna have three square meals that are balanced meals. So I'm talking good healthy fats, good quality protein, good types of carbohydrates as well throughout every meal. Every single meal should contain those nutrient properties, okay? So that's one to really help balance your blood sugar. There's lots of other things you can do to balance blood sugar, but those are just a key one to focus on. I don't wanna overload you with too much information. Okay, and then the other one is cut out all alcohol and caffeine or cut back on caffeine. Alcohol for sure, just get it out of there for the time being because for so many reasons, it disrupts your sleep actually. So a lot of people don't realize that when you do consume alcohol, especially in the evening, it's going to disrupt how your body goes through your sleep cycles. It, it puts a lot of pressure on the liver and it's not giving you the good quality sleep that your body needs to recover. And we need as much sleep and good quality sleep as possible when we are experiencing high levels of stress. So cut out the alcohol and if you can eliminate caffeine, do that. It's going to be like not so great in the beginning, but it will do your adrenals such a huge favor once you get past that initial kind of withdrawal of caffeine. If you can't cut it out completely, cut back as much as possible. If you're having three, four cups of coffee a day, try to have one. Or if you can have, you know, if you're having one cup a day, have one every other day or just a few times a week, that kind of thing to just give your body as much of a break as you possibly can. The other thing when it comes to caffeine, if you are going to have caffeine in the morning, be sure to eat something first. So don't have caffeine on an empty stomach. When we are dealing with high levels of stress, it's just not beneficial for your body and your nervous system. It's just overloading everything. So it can kind of slow the, the absorption of the caffeine into the body if you do have some food in your belly or having food at the same time. It kind of goes against the idea if you are intermittent fasting and that kind of thing. But if you are highly stressed on the verge of burnout, probably shouldn't be intermittent fasting either. It's, this is, yeah, and it might be a controversial topic for some people, but I'm telling you, if you were dealing with high stress, you don't wanna be putting your body through any additional stress and that can be what intermittent fasting does to your body. So the other thing is, really working on good sleep hygiene. Asleep by 11 p.m., waking up at the same time every day, plus first thing before you do anything else in the morning, get direct daylight, sunlight, if possible, if there's sun where you are. In the morning, before you get on your phone, before you check your emails, before you do anything else, turn on the TV, you know, shouldn't be doing that stuff first thing in the morning anyways, but get outside. Even if you can just get out by the window and absorb some of that natural daylight, it's going to help your circadian rhythms and it's going to help your cortisol balance as well throughout the day. It's just telling your body, hey, it's morning time. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Good morning. We are starting the day. 
and now is morning time. And then from then on, you've got like 12 hours before your body starts to prepare for the evening when the sun goes down and we go through this natural cycle. So super, super important to work on a, a sleep hygiene routine. That's just the basics. You can go into so much more detail on supporting yourself through good quality sleep, even just by monitoring the temperature in the room, having no screens before bedtime, whatever <laughs> that looks like. Don't eat right before you go to bed. There's so many things that you can do to implement good quality sleep. But if you can just focus on being asleep by 11 and waking up at the same time every day, that's a good step in creating the proper cortisol cycle. Okay. Another one that is really, really helpful for balancing cortisol levels, but also just managing stress in general is breath work. And this is huge. This is supportive for your nervous system, for how your body manages everything, for bringing in more oxygen, revitalization, healthy cells, all of it. It is so, 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 so key. Even if you're doing like five minutes, three to five minutes, if you can get 10 minutes a day of breath work whenever you can fit it in. And when I say breath work, I mean, there's different types of breath work, whatever works for you, sitting quietly, closing your eyes and just breathing deeply, focusing on your breath can be perfect. You can do special types of breathing. You can do, you know, where you breathe in, hold, breathe out, hold for like four seconds each at a time can be very helpful. You can do like pranayama breathing. There's a whole bunch of different types of breath work that you can get into. I'm not gonna get into all of them today, but you can look it up. You are totally capable feel empowered to check out some different types of breath work, but fitting that into your day, even, you know, first thing in the morning can be helpful to kind of get the flow going or right before bed is amazing. So take that into consideration. Trying to do some breath work is super key. And the last thing that I just want to throw out there might be the most important thing out of everything is to have more fun. Okay, <laughs> stop taking things so freaking seriously and just incorporate a little bit more play into your life, right? Like play out there in the world, get out there, have fun. Stop being such a stick in the mud or, you know, when we're stressed, we get this like, oh, complex where, you know, we are victims and everything sucks and life is so hard and I get it. I've been there, but also like, you have the power to change your life. So instead, get out there and have some fun. Take it easy, do things that make you laugh, do things that bring you joy, just have some more fun, whatever that looks like for you. I know you know what's fun for you, just do more of that. You know, even if it's something as simple as just like watching a funny movie, or listening to music, doing a little dance party, going out with your girlfriends, have some fun, do it, do more of it. It is going to improve your stress response like magic, like nothing, nothing else can do. Have intimacy with your partner, you know, have playtime with your kids, 
be a kid yourself, jump on a trampoline. I don't know. There's so many things that you could do, but just have more fun and watch how stress can melt away so, so quickly. Those are my tips for you today. One more thing I will also say, and I'm not going to get into too much detail with it because everybody's different, but supplements. Supplements are always a good idea in this type of situation because stress depletes our nutrients, right? That's another reason to really support our body with supplements to get your levels back up there. We got a supplement. It's super, super important in this case. So if you are interested, when it comes to supplements, you should be working one-on-one with a practitioner, whether it is myself, whether it is somebody else that you trust, because everybody's different. What you need will be different than from one person to the next. So we don't want to just be, I can't just be recommending supplements just blindly. So if you are dealing with this, if you want extra support, please reach out. I am working with people one-on-one and I also have the Back to Your Being program where I work with people in a group setting, but you also get one-on-one coaching throughout that as well, because I am here to answer all of your questions and provide you with that support. So I just want to say as a final note through all of this, dealing with cortisol is so complex. There's so many different layers to it and everybody has their own experience with it. So there is not a one size fits all approach here at all. It's very complex. When you're dealing with hormones in general, it's, it is a lot. So I want to say that if this information is helpful to you and you resonate with this, please reach out for additional support. Don't try to do it all by yourself. These are things that you can start to implement for sure. But if you are really feeling like I'm on the verge of burnout, you need that, that extra support for sure. Dealing with imbalanced cortisol is it's serious. And especially if you are looking to manage your weight specifically too, there's so many things that you can do to, to work with that. So please seek support if you're dealing with this or any other stress hormones in general too, because cortisol is not the only one, but it is the most talked about. And it's a big one, especially when it comes to fat storage, right? So a lot of us are like, eh, cortisol, I don't want that because I don't want to be storing fat around my abdomen and I don't want any of that. So just knowing that it is very complex and there's no one size fits all. So what works for your friend is not necessarily going to work for you. And what's working for you is not necessarily going to work for your family member, right? So just keeping that in mind as you go through this. Thank you so much for tuning in today and listening and being here. I hope that this episode was helpful for you. If you found it helpful, please share with a friend, with your stressed friend, (laughs) get out there, be a support for them. Share on social media if you feel so called to do so. My Instagram is at mind.body.spirit.mama. You can always email me too. All the links are in the show notes. And as always, do not forget to love yourself today. And have an absolutely beautiful day. I love you guys. Bye. Before you go, would you like a little bit more information on what burnout is all about? What actually happens in your body when you're feeling stressed and burnt out? How to learn the signs, the symptoms, 
far beyond just what stress means, but how it's actually affecting your body and how you can reverse all of the negative effects burnout and stress have on your body. If so, I invite you to join me April 18th. That's a Tuesday at 8.30 Eastern time for an absolute free training on how to beat burnout. I'm super excited about offering this free training and I hope to see you there. It's totally free. It's just a way for me to provide you with a little bit more information on what I went through personally through my own journey of how I dealt with serious diagnosed burnout and how I reversed it so that I do not have to experience that anymore. I want to set you guys up with all the tools you can use, all the strategies, tips, things like that to best support you in feeling your absolute best self. So the date is Tuesday, April 18th. You can register at the link in the show notes. It's totally free and I absolutely cannot wait to see you there.